You're listening to the RSA Conference podcast, where the world talks security. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the RSA Conference podcast. This is Hugh Thompson, Program Committee Chair for RSA Conference, and I'm joined today by Britta Glade, Director of Content and Curation for RSA Conference. Hello, Britta. Hey, Hugh. As always, it's great to be here today with you, and thank you for joining us, listeners. October is a very important month for awareness. Um, It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Think Pink, Vegetarian Awareness Month, and one near and dear to me, Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month, and the list goes on and on. But none of those are why we're here today. Today, what brings us together is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Our two guests today who we're thrilled to have with us are experts in this world of awareness and how to best secure that all-important people asset. Kathy and Cheryl, welcome. Can you please introduce yourselves to our listeners? Good morning. This is Kathy Quick. I'm thrilled to be here. It was really nice to be invited. Thank you. I work for FedEx and have been in the security awareness field now for about 11 years. I promote security awareness to our entire organization of just under 500,000 employees worldwide. Um, It's important for us through October to get that message out and hopefully it lasts throughout the year with the other events and information that we do. And this is Cheryl Conley and Ditto Kathy's Sentiments. We are uh, both thrilled to be here and anxious to participate in the podcast. Um, I've been with Lockheed Martin for geez, longer than I care to remember and in the security awareness field for about the past 11 years. We do quite a bit of phishing and user awareness. We have a small team to handle about 100,000 employees. Fantastic. Well, welcome to both of you. Really, really appreciate you being a part of this. And, you know, this human part of the security conversation is so important. I think everybody that's been in security realizes it, but yet the amount of energy as an industry that we've put into it doesn't feel commensurate with the importance. And I'll tell you, as RSA Conference, we've included a full human element track. Uh, It's been doing really well these last couple of years. And I think this is a great opportunity to talk about where we're at in the state of the art for security awareness and security awareness training. So, Cheryl, I'd love to start with you. You built a career around training and awareness at Lockheed Martin. But I think about the the kinds of threats that we're facing today versus, say, even five years ago. How do you think about morphing and keeping security awareness up to pace with the changing threat environment. Any guidelines for our listeners? Well, I wish I had the silver bullet, but certainly over the past several years, we need to take a look at the actual employee base. Um, They're changing along with the adversaries. The adversaries are getting a lot more crafty in what they're doing, so we're going to have to continue to arm our employees with those tools and tool sets and awareness, education, to go ahead and arm themselves to to protect not only Lockheed Martin and company data, right, but their personal data as well. I think it's going to be a continual challenge as the threats continue to increase and and morph along with our tool sets and our different employee base, too. 
Sherlock, we just wanted to ask you something based on what you just said. You know, you, you mentioned adversaries are changing, but of course the employees are changing too. Are you seeing, you know, just given the amount of security-related news that's been in the media for the last, you know, three, four, five years, whether it's a it's a breach or some of these nation-state discussions, have you seen that have a material impact on how people are making day-to-day incremental security choices, or has it not really had an impact? I don't think it's really had an impact overall. I think the impact is when we hear something in the news about a breach or um, an infraction, how do we deal with the questions from the employees, right? Because it's a slippery slope. Uh, how much information do we provide without, you know, deer in the headlights? So we don't want people running off with their hair on fire, right? So it's a, like I said, it's a slippery slope for us. But I don't really think overall it's really changed the mindset or a lot of our awareness tools and how successful we are. Kathy, I want to redirect you there because I think there's some really good points in there, and I know both of you from conversations we've had, this melding of work-home. Um, I'm a person when I'm at work. I'm a person at home. I'm the same person. Things go back and forth there. Um, you obviously deal with training a huge army at FedEx, and often I think the job of awareness equals, in many people's mind, education about fishing, and there's a lot of great education about fishing, um, but obviously it's bigger than just fishing. How would you guide our audience in thinking then about core tenets of awareness training? What belongs in there? Mm. Yes, and it is very true that it does way exceed just fishing. It also way exceeds just strong password. And when we started 11 years ago, that kind of seemed to be the base for people to secure whatever it was they had was you needed a strong password. But the attacks are coming from so many different methods and venues that it's beyond that. It's more a matter of being vigilant about what you're handing out, about what you're posting online, about how you're handling data at work, and always being asking yourself, you know, what could happen if this got into the wrong hands and maybe what I'm doing now, sending this an email or adding this sort of information on a form, maybe that's something I shouldn't do. Maybe I should, you know, be thinking twice about this data that I have and how to protect it, whether it's my own personal data or or the data that belongs to the company itself. And to get people to that status really is, it's a large job. And we've been running around like we did long ago with the back door wide open. And the neighbors would just yell as they came in the door until suddenly we got so big that the neighborhood started including people that maybe you didn't want walking in your back door and you needed to start thinking about locking that door and making people knock in order to get in. And it's the same sort of thing that's happening digitally. We originally were maybe easy with what we were handing out and saying and doing online without the realization of what was going on and the collection that was happening and the the people that weren't so nice getting online trying to gather that information to do. So, you know, phishing is, is great, and it's something that does need to be definitely trained so that people realize that they're clicking on a link. But they also need to have some sort of understanding about things like cryptojacking, where it's taking over and using your equipment without you knowing, and you didn't have to click on anything. And just kind of raising that overall awareness to 
employees to just people in general um, about the different styles that criminals are taking to do an attack. Kathy, let me, let me just follow up on something that you said. You know, it's uh, I like your imagery of been walking around with the, the back door wide open. I think that's a general just industry comment. And I, I wonder, how do you get folks that are so diverse inside of FedEx, meaning, you know, geez, folks that are working in an office, folks that are working out in the field, how do you get them to stop and pay attention to this topic, given all the other things that are going on around them and all the other kinds of training? How do you get them to to understand that this is something important, something material, and something that, that could really impact them as opposed to being something that's theoretical? Yeah, I think the impact them is, is the big point there. It's more a matter of this did happen to this company, this could also happen to our company. This could happen to us. And this is how this type of thing happens with a, a down-to-earth explanation without so much of the IT detail that you've lost a person in the very beginning, but more along the line of, you know, if you change that default password, if you update that hardware, if you update that software, then you are less likely to have this type of an attack. And we found that the more we make it that personal without being frightening, um, the more attention that we get, and, and people will actually share that information with each other in more of a, I didn't know, but did you hear, sort of manner than just kind of being so petrified of the whole thing they shut down. Quickly, I think I would agree with that, and we're actually working a lot with these folks on their personal life. I think we touched on that before, right? There's so much intersection now or a crossroad between our professional and personal life and, and how you protect company information in addition to your own personal information. And I think that if we start to concentrate on some of the requests for, like, hints on home networking and privacy settings and things like that, it's going to spill over to protecting the corporation, too. So it's going to be one of our focus areas moving forward. Yeah, so Cheryl, I wanted to dig in on that, actually, um, because we talked at the beginning of the podcast, you know, technology's changed. We, we still have people, and people are changing. You know, who our workforce is and where they're coming from and their backgrounds, totally changing. But technology's changing, too, and will continue to change. Many of us work from home. Um, so suddenly this, this weakest link analogy can apply on the home front because my home network is supporting me as a home worker who's logging into that porous work network. But is my home network secure enough? How, how do you help your employees to understand that that's part of their whole responsibility, that, that we need to protect the whole with everything that we do? That is somewhat of a challenge. Um, and a lot of the technical controls that we have in place, VPN for teleworkers and, and things like that, you know, they're required, and they sign actually a yearly um, contract if they're a teleworker that they will abide by some of these. But, it, but again, how do you get them to understand and make the right choices is, like I said, somewhat of a challenge. Um, we do try and do a lot of virtual activities to get them, you know, more engaged and understanding things like this and what they have to do uh, to protect their home network and to actually understand how to section themselves off, right, whether or not they do personal email from another machine and things like that, just trying to raise that awareness. It's not easy. Everyone learns different ways, and, you know, they have different focus areas. And we have generational, demographic, a lot of changes, like you mentioned. 
And then to complicate things or add to that, there's a lot of white noise out there, right? Um, you had mentioned the month of October, just how, how busy that is. For our employees, it's almost like every other month, right, with benefits and performance appraisals and everything and a lot of compliance training. So we're always in competition with things like that. Absolutely. I think, I think that's a fascinating thing about this field. It doesn't it doesn't feel like it ever ends. It's probably just a, a, a property of, of the space that we're in. And, you know, I, I had a question really for both of you, and this is in the true spirit of, of Security Awareness Month. If you had just two or three things that you hope an employee would walk away with, from a security awareness training or or hope they would get maybe even from their exposure to television shows and things like that. What are the two or three things that if you could only impart that, if they could only think about those things, what would they be? I'm just curious what's on your hit list. You know, maybe a couple of years ago would use a good password, but I'm, I'm curious what would they be today? And if it's okay, Cheryl, maybe I'll turn it to you first. Two or three things, I think, first of all, and I hate to use the famous quote, if you see something, say something, right? And that goes not not just cybersecurity, but all around the map, right? Um, if you get a phone call, if you see someone that shouldn't be in the building or even the teleworkers. Also, I think Kathy had mentioned it, spread the awareness. If you learn something or if you, you run across an article or something that we've posted as a team, go ahead and share that with others. I think that goes a long way with the overall awareness. It's hard for us to get down and reach everyone, based on you know, something I had mentioned before, like the white noise. And a lot of times, water cooler conversations are the best thing we have to, to get the word out. I would add updates, whether it's hardware or software. That seems to be a big weakness where they're targeting things that they know have not been changed, whether that's passwords or this piece of equipment can no longer be updated, but they know that they're out there in mass and they can attack in that venue, kind of be a little smarter about what it is that, that you're handling and using. And data, whether that's your business data, your personal data, where you're putting it, what you're talking about online, ask yourself that question again. Do we really need to talk about the school my kids are going to, and maybe I need to think twice about what that could mean to their safety as well as, you know, the family's mm. safety? Got it. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, Cheryl, add in. No, I was just going to say that that is something that we're going to focus on, right, personal safety. And for us, something like LinkedIn might be a, a good example of how those crossroads is really important, right? We don't really have insight into what, folks post on LinkedIn. I mean, we can go out and look, but, you know, a lot of that information isn't readily available. But from a corporate perspective, we need to educate a lot of our employees on what to post and what not to post out there, right? You know, we don't want a research and developer going out there and posting things that they really shouldn't be advertising. So, and, and I don't think it's malicious. It's just we need to educate them. Yeah, exactly. I did a training session at one point and had a woman ask me for the list of things that they shouldn't post. Well, that's really difficult to say because you don't know (laughs) what all could be put together in order to create a problem. Um, So it's not like you can give a list. It's just more a matter of, like Cheryl's saying, that thinking twice before you post it there to begin with, let alone down in the details, which, you know, I know you're hoping that gets you the next great job, but 
on the other side, it could really cause problems for the, the company and industry that you're working in currently. Yeah. No, to the, I mean, geotagging, which doesn't matter at all for some organizations, matters a whole lot for another organization. So it, it all comes back to that context. It reminds me of teaching, I've got two teenagers, teaching them the art of engaging online and, and thinking about what you're doing, thinking about what you're putting out there. So, Kathy, we have amazing IT organizations that really feel good about what they do to keep us, to keep our environments, to keep the employees super safe. So what do you say to that wonderful, well-meaning IT team that's part of the whole who thinks they can code their way to a completely safe environment? Ah, yes. And they've done a wonderful job. I mean, the ones at FedEx, they're fabulous. They see problems and issues. They found ways to code that into a safer situation. But in, in reality, you still have that human who will mistakenly do away with whatever it is that you've got going on. If you've got your email protected and you think it's all locked down, they take the laptop home and they download something that they shouldn't and, and they're getting it still into the business kind of sideways and usually without a thought that they've caused a problem um, or they're overhearing something or they're talking about something in some location. Unfortunately, we can't upgrade and update a human, like you can with a piece of software. So there's no, like, coding them out. And it, and it really will happen. I've, I've sat in meetings before and listened to IT personnel say, well, well we can fix that and, and we can make sure that that's secure. And I'm still thinking, yeah. And, and some poor soul will push a button, answer a phone, hit a link, and do something that your coding can't have foreseen or stopped. So we still need humans to understand what it is that they're using and be thoughtful about what it is that they're doing in order to add to the security that those wonderful techs have already built in for the business. Yep. So you all have given us some really great ideas, some really great insight, obviously gleaned through many, many, many years of working with these people. Can I ask you both, uh, Cheryl, I'll start with you, and then Kathy will let you close out. What is the very best awareness campaign or awareness activity or awareness email or awareness thing that you have ever either been a part of or seen done? If you were to give a wonderful glean of an idea to our listeners, um, what have you seen that has just rocked? It's interesting being in the field for so many years. I think we're actually going through it right now. I had mentioned, um, you know, the crossroads, the intersection between our personal, professional life, and we've just, over the past year, have created a portal addressing those things. And we are getting a lot of inertia on that. We're having a lot of employees that are asking questions now. Um, I think it's it's a great thing when they start asking questions that are more insightful, not like yes or no, or you're going to make me take this training or things like that, but actually coming back to the team and saying, you know, can you help me um, educate my family or do you have information on this? So, again, we're getting a, a lot of progress on that, and we're actually seeing the tide turn, the ship turning a little bit um, where they're being more thoughtful. And the only other thing that I'd seen in the past, and this is maybe six or seven years old, where we took a couple of our business area CISOs um, and put them in a room and just kind of like 
pretty informal conversation, but they were a couple clowns and humorous, and they knew each other very well, so that worked out, um, and that was like a low-cost solution that we still leverage. Super. Kathy? Um, one of the things that we do every year and have been for probably the last eight or nine years is a mini-conference for our local employees, which we also take on the road. What I did was I asked the subject matter experts in information security to develop presentations that they would give to their mother or their grandmother, explaining how to set up a router, email safety, social media safety, and do 30 minutes with 15 minutes of Q&A, so we kept them short. And we started out about nine years ago with about 15 to 20 presentations. This year we had more than 30 presentations that were given to employees over two days' time, so we repeated it twice because it got so popular with the employees they actually asked for a second day. So we run this conference in October every year. It gives employees just kind of down-to-earth, easy-to-understand information. We usually pack the house, so that's, that's one of the things I think I can say has worked well for us. It's a great idea. Create content for, you know, a parent or a grandparent or something like that. Yeah, I love that idea. That's a that's a great takeaway. And I really wanted to thank you, Kathy, and you, Cheryl, for being a part of this. It's such an important topic. You know, there's a there's a reason we have a Cyber Awareness Month, that's for sure. And I think it really came through in your comments that this isn't something that will just naturally happen to a population of employees. It's something that takes... Uh, dedication, something that takes, you know, thoughtful effort on behalf of the company. So thanks so much for being a part of this. Thanks for sharing those tips. And to our listeners, thanks for tuning in and look forward to our next security podcast next month. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next month. 